Hello and thank you for joining us on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast for our K episode. Thanks for joining us if you're here for the first time and thank you if you've listened to each one of our episodes. Here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast we explore Christmas in alphabetical order and this one is all about the letter K. I'm called Wayne, I'm your host. Here we keep the Christmas spirit alive every two weeks all round the year. Uh, We look at Christmas traditions and history and music and fun facts. I'm in Britain, in Manchester, in England, but we're very much aware of Christmas all around the world and we have listeners all over the place. So I'm glad you've joined us today. Coming up today, we're going to a Krampus run in Austria. We're going to look at how they do Christmas in Ukraine. We'll be looking at how many kings there are in the Christmas story. And Chris Kringle will be joining us. And we'll see if we can find a Christmas song starting with the letter K. Here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. But let's start today with K is for Krampus. Back in December 2018, I went on a trip with my wife and my daughter to Austria. My main purpose was to visit the village of Oberndorf on the 200th anniversary of the year the carol Silent Night was written and first performed there in that little village near Salzburg. I'll tell you more about that when we get to the letter S for Silent Night. We stayed in the town of Salzburg, a beautiful town in the Alps, famous for Mozart and the musical Sound of Music. We enjoyed the Christmas markets there and the snowy mountains. We knew we would be there for St Nicholas Day, December the 6th, but something else was going on in the town on the previous evening, which I must admit I hadn't expected. St Nicholas Eve in Salzburg and in other towns in Austria, is the night of the Krampus run. And it was an extraordinary and memorable experience. Krampus is a figure in Austrian folklore who accompanies St Nicholas, the character who has become Santa Claus in America. While Nicholas wears red robes and a bishop's hat and gives gifts to those who have been good, Krampus is his companion who punishes those who have been bad. In appearance, Krampus looks like, well, the way we often think the devil would look. He's ugly and misshapen, often with horns, sometimes hairy like a goat, or covered with dark fur. Krampus can be depicted in many ways, but is meant to evoke fear. Krampus carries a whip or a rod, and has a basket on his back sometimes to carry away the bad children, except that St Nicholas won't let him. A Krampus run, like the one that we saw, is a public event when someone dresses as St Nicholas, but many others dress as various versions of Krampus, with big costumes and elaborate masks. The one we saw must have had, I don't know, maybe a hundred Krampuses? They start in a procession, but then they run around, scaring the crowd and going into shops and around the market stalls. 
it's great fun, but it's also a bit unnerving with all these young men running around in such intimidating costumes, and sometimes it gets a bit out of hand. Krampus, like St Nicholas, has become part of Christmas, part of the Christmas economy and the Christmas folklore, even though it started off being more associated with St Nicholas Day in the first week of December. And Krampus has become better known in North America through films like the comedy horror film called Krampus in 2015 with Adam Scott and Tony Collette. And there are now Krampus runs or similar events in some US and Canadian cities. Krampus is less well known in Britain, but at least one English town has had its own Krampus run, and that's Whitby in North Yorkshire, a town that is known for its associations with Dracula and all things gothic horror. While we're talking K for Krampus, we need also to mention K for Knecht Ruprecht, who's a similar figure to Krampus in German folklore, particularly in Bavaria, which is on the border with Austria. Like Krampus, Knecht Ruprecht goes around with St Nicholas. Now his name is a bit confusing. The word Knecht is related to the English word knight, but it's most often translated Servant Ruprecht or Servant Robert. And this figure, Ruprecht, dresses as a monk with a long dark robe and a dirty beard. But like Krampus, Knecht Ruprecht is the dark side of Nicholas, but perhaps more human. Also like Krampus, he carries a stick to beat the naughty children. And then a stage further away from Krampus, Connect Ruprecht is related to the Pelts Nicholas or Furry Nicholas. And that name has become Belschnickel. Pelts Nicholas becomes Belschnickel, who is the furry gift giver of the German Rhineland and the Pennsylvania Dutch communities of America. The Belschnickel is a descendant of Connect Ruprecht, who is a close relative of Krampus. They're all related in folklore. And I'm not even going to mention Zwarte Piet here, mainly because I need him for my Z episode later. But all these figures represent the dark side of the gift giver. I think in our American and British Santa and Father Christmas traditions, we've forgotten the older legends that as well as good there is bad, as well as joy there is anguish. And that's what Krampus reminds us of. Now as a Christian myself I don't really enjoy Krampus, especially as he's become more and more like a demon or the devil as the years have gone by. But having Krampus alongside St Nicholas does remind us that the joy of Christmas always has to be set alongside the darker side, the more challenging questions that Christmas asks of us, that it's not all about goodness and joy that there is sadness and there is challenge to Christmas. That's K for Krampus, and this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm Wayne, your host. This is letter K, and K is for kings. Now, it's an old chestnut. How many kings are there in the nativity story? The straightforward answer is three. The carol has it. We three kings of Orient are. But the right answer is not three, it's two. The three kings, 
are not kings. <laughs> call them wise men or wise people or call them magi or eastern sages, but the Gospels don't say there were kings. And the Gospels don't say there were three of them. Now, there is a prophecy in the book of Isaiah that says, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. That has been interpreted over the years to mean that visitors who came to Jesus were kings, but mm, that's stretching the text too far. There weren't three kings, but there were two kings in the same story. One of them is King Herod, the baddie of the story, the first port of call for the wise men, and the other is the new king of the Jews that the wise men were looking for. Where is the new king, they said, and that king they found in Bethlehem. Jesus himself, and they gave him gifts fit for a king. In the British traditions of Christmas, but not so much in the States, we celebrate those kings when we pull our Christmas crackers, because always in a Christmas cracker there is a paper crown, and you pull your Christmas cracker and you take out your joke and anything else, a toy or whatever gift is in there, and you unwrap your paper crown and stick it on your head and wear it through Christmas dinner. We play a game in our house of who can keep their paper crown on their head the longest, right through to bedtime if we can. The crown is a reminder of the K for King, whose birthday is celebrated on Christmas Day. Today we're on the letter K, and this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And K is for Callens. Calends, with a K, is where we get our English word calendar from, although I know that's not spelt with a K. But Calends, with a K, is the first day of a Roman month. It was best known as the first day of January, what in Britain we call New Year, and what in America is called New Year's. Have you noticed that difference? Calends is one of those Roman winter festivals like Saturnalia and Sol Invictus that are said to share a lot with the way we do Christmas in our time. Calends was a time for decorating your home with greenery to show that some things lived through the winter and to put up lights to keep everything bright and cheery. It was a time for generosity and generally living it up. And the word Calends has lived on in many cultures and in the way that Christmas is celebrated around the world. The word in Ukraine for the season of Christmas is Kolyada, which is also Kolenda in Polish and Koleda in Serbian and other languages. Those words and lots of similar ones all come from the original Roman Latin word Kalends, and now they mean not just the beginning of the year, but the Christmas holidays. Also, in Romania and Moldova, the traditional Christmas carol is the Colinda, which also comes from Kalends, though these days that's spelt with a C as well, so it doesn't really belong here, sorry. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and K is for Kalends. Good to have you with us on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, where today we're looking at all things Christmas, starting with the letter K. We've got one more big K to go, 
So let's have a quick look at some little K's, at those things that nearly made it into this podcast that didn't quite get there with an entry in the alphabet all of their own. We could have mentioned the kissing bow, which is a bunch of evergreens that was used in some parts of England, the way mistletoe is still used these days at Christmas time. The kissing bow was very popular from Tudor times until recently, particularly in England. The kissing bough was a kind of Christmas wreath of holly or other greenery hung up in a house to encourage kissing. In Derbyshire particularly, these became very elaborate and could include flowers or fruit or even little figures of Mary and Joseph. K is for the kissing bough. Going to the other side of the Atlantic, K could be for knickerbockers with a K. In the episode I, we looked at Washington Irving, and the Knickerbockers were a group of writers in 19th century New York who took their inspiration from Washington Irving to create the American Christmas as we know it today. Irving himself was a lover of all things English, but the Knickerbockers consciously set themselves apart from the English way of doing Christmas and wanted to create Christmas the American way, or at least the New York way. The group included Clement Clark Moore. He's the poet who may well have written Twas the Night Before Christmas. And between them, the group pretty much invented the figure of Santa Claus. That's the Knickerbockers. And K could also be for Kutya, something you eat at Christmas in Ukraine. We've all been thinking a lot about Ukraine recently, And I was looking at Christmas traditions in Ukraine and came upon this K. K. Kutya is an ancient traditional dish of berries and honey with poppy seeds or sesame seeds. And it's traditionally the first thing that a family eat at their Christmas Eve supper. The father of the family calls out, Christ is born, as he takes the first spoonful. And everyone replies, let us glorify him. And that's the signal for the family to tuck into their Christmas Eve meal. That's K for Kutya. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Today we're on the letter K. Now, you know, we always finish with a song story here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. A Christmas song and the story behind it. Well, today, I'm admitting defeat. There isn't a Christmas carol starting with the letter K. The Dutch version of O Come All Ye Faithful is Kommt Allen Tezamen. But that won't do. There's a couple of German carols, but I'm not going there. And there's no really popular Christmas song starting with K that detained me. There's a song called A Kiss for Christmas by Luther Vandross. You can find that on YouTube. And Aretha Franklin sang a soulful Kissing by the Mistletoe, recorded in 1961 with a minor release in 1963. But even that's not worthy of our playout slot. So instead, I'm doing this. Santa Claus is man, Chris Kringle with his Christmas tree. Ho, ho. is for Chris Kringle. I was going to include K for Chris Kringle anyway in today's episode. Then one of our Facebook followers, John McLaren from Liverpool. Hi, John. 
reminded me that Kate Rusby, whose first name also conveniently starts with the letter K, had recorded a song called Chris Kringle, so this will do. If you've not heard of Kate Rusby, she's a wonderful Yorkshire folk singer. She's just released her new album, 30 Happy Returns, marking 30 years as a professional singer. But Kate Rusby is very big at Christmas. Every year she does a sell-out Christmas tour and she's released, I think, six albums of Christmas and winter songs, and they are so good. She's managed to retain a lot of traditional English Christmas songs and tunes. Do seek them out. She's a fabulous singer. And this is Kate Rusby's song, Chris Kringle, from her 2011 album, While Mortals Sleep. So K is for Chris Kringle. Let's get into that. In our song, Chris Kringle is another name for Santa Claus, which he now is. But it's not always been that way. Santa Claus these days is like a big magnet that draws into it all these traditions of Santa and Father Christmas and St Nicholas and Papa Noel and other traditions from around the world. And these days they've all got mixed up and become part of Santa Claus. But it's not always been like that. In Germany in the 1500s, St Nicholas was big. He was the saint everyone loved. But then came the Protestant Reformation spearheaded by Martin Luther. And as people embraced Lutheran and Protestant ideas, they were encouraged to set aside the veneration of saints, even good old St Nicholas, and Martin Luther himself had a hand in this. The real giver of gifts at Christmas was Jesus, the Christ child. And the German for Christ child is Christkind, or in its diminutive version, the Christkindle. Luther wanted to move the attention from St Nick to Christ. And over the years, the Christkindle was adopted as the gift giver in Catholic parts of Germany. But this character became to be portrayed as a little angel child with blonde hair and wings. And if you look at Christkindle online, you'll still see pictures of this little angelic form that remains popular in Germany and many Christmas markets are known as Christkindle markets. But then the Christkindle tradition in the 19th century went to the United States with German immigrants. By 1830 the Christkindle was established in the States but quickly got all mixed up with the then growing Santa Claus movement. And the name Christkindle got taken into the English language as a two-word name. First of all, Chris Kinkle, and then Chris Kringle. By 1842, the name Chris Kringle, starting with two of our letter Ks, was used as the title of a book published in Philadelphia, and it was just another name for St Nick or Santa Claus. And then another book called Chris Kringle's Christmas Tree was published in 1845 
and that very clearly brought Chris Kringle out of the German community and into the mainstream. In the 20th century, the name Chris Kringle has become more familiar through films and has shifted its emphasis a bit. Miracle on 34th Street, made in 1947, such a popular film, called its Santa Claus figure Chris Kringle. That was his real name, as if it were a normal name that someone would have. And then when Rankin Bass made the animation Santa Claus is Coming to Town in 1970, the family of elves are called the Kringle family, and Chris is the baby born to be Santa Claus. So both films suggest Chris Kringle is kind of the real name behind the character of Santa Claus. Of course, the irony here is that the name Chris Kringle started out as Christkind, the Christ child, as a way to focus people's attention on Jesus and not on St. Nicholas. And now it has become just another name for Santa Claus, our modern version of St. Nicholas. You can reckon that Martin Luther never saw that coming. Christmas is a strange old thing. So with thanks to Kate Rusby and her seasonal music, that's this K episode wrapped up. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne. Uh, That's the end of our episode now for the letter K. All the music on this podcast is in the public domain or used for review purposes. Please subscribe to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast if you haven't done already. Just push that subscribe button on your podcast app or software or however you're listening. And do tell all your friends about it, please. That would really help. You can follow us on the social media at Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook or at Christmas Alpha on Twitter, Christmas Alphabet on Instagram. Please do give us a follow. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app or put a comment on Facebook. Our website is christmasalphabet.com and you can email me through that website or simply at wayne at christmasalphabet.com. So I'll be back in two weeks with all things Christmas starting with the letter L. So I'll be looking at Lord of Misrule, Lapland, Lad Baby, that Christmas phenomenon in Britain, Little Drummer Boy, and Last Christmas. Yes, if you do Whamageddon, you're in big trouble. And you can do what John McLaren did and suggest some topics for episodes to come. And may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round. <laughs>